Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month, we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org, and follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 732. And happy Father's Day to all the dads in our Talking Birds audience. Well, not all birds can fly. Ostriches, for example, emus, kiwis, flightless cormorants can't do it. But all birds do have feathers. Researchers discovered fairly recently that ancient relatives of modern birds, dinosaurs that is, also had feathers. But a new study in China led by researchers from England's University of Bristol suggests that feather structures may have arisen 100 million years before birds and maybe even before dinosaurs. And in addition to recent paleontology research, the findings also seem to be supported by genetic studies. One such study found that the development of reptile scales, mammal hairs, and bird feathers were driven by the same genome regulatory network meaning apparently that the root of all three of those structures, scales, hairs, and feathers, may have been present in a common ancestor as far back as 420 million years ago. That's some pretty old feathers. More about dinosaurs in a completely different context coming along here in a couple of minutes. Some environmental news today, not all bad news, but some bad news. For example, we think of plastic trash as floating on the surface in our lakes and rivers and oceans, and certainly lots of it does. But some new research conducted within the Monterey Bay National Marine Sanctuary in California has found that at depths of about 650 feet to almost 2,000 feet, the concentration of plastic particles was about four times what it was near the surface. With evidence of microscopic particles extending from the surface all the way to the sea floor. And the research shows that, not surprisingly, marine animals are mistaking the plastic particles for food and eating them. It's estimated that eight million metric tons of plastic wind up in our oceans each year. Marine creatures eating plastic, what could be worse? How about humans eating plastic? Around the world, people ingest an average of about 2,000 microplastic particles a week, according to a study by the University of Newcastle in Australia. These particles come from many sources, including artificial clothing fibers, microbeads found in things like toothpaste in areas where they haven't been banned yet, or bigger pieces of plastic from discarded trash, which gradually break down into smaller pieces when they're exposed to the elements. According to the CNN headline for the story, we could each be swallowing a credit card's weight in plastic every week. And that's not hard to imagine when we learn that microplastics have been found in many everyday foods and drinks, like water, that's tap water and bottled water, and shellfish, and salt, and beer. I like beer. 
Got to move on to some good news. And one thing is that clean, quiet, safe electric buses are coming to more American states. The League of Conservation Voters says that Maryland, Arizona, and Nevada are bringing clean electric school buses to some of the most polluted communities. In Maryland, a bill has been signed into law that will create a grant structure for school districts to begin transitioning their high school buses to an electric fleet. In Arizona, the Phoenix Union High School District has begun an electric school bus pilot program. And in Nevada, Governor Steve Sisolak has signed legislation that would allow school districts to cover up to 75% of the upfront cost of an electric school bus and or related charging infrastructure. By the way, clean, green electric buses are being put into service not just in what we think of as the most technologically advanced locales, but also in places like Astana. Astana? Capital city of Kazakhstan. High five! Where passengers await those clean, quiet buses in solar-powered shelters. We'll have some more good environmental news in a moment or two here in today's Conservation Salute. Meanwhile, a happy birthday just a few days late here to the great American biologist, theorist, naturalist, and author E.O. Wilson, whose biological specialty is myrmecology, the study of ants, in which he has been called the world's leading expert. He's also been called the father of biodiversity for his environmental advocacy and is considered to be one of the leading conservationists of our time. E.O. Wilson celebrated his 90th birthday on June 10th. That is the sound of our mystery bird. And this is a preview of our mystery bird contest. We'll do the actual thing in just a little bit. Our robin-sized mystery bird has a light brown body, a black and white barred back and wings, and orange-yellow coloring on the back or nape of the neck. The male has a red crown. Here in the States, our bird is found mostly in Texas and parts of Oklahoma and is closely related to a red-bellied bird that inhabits just about the entire eastern half of the U.S. Some uh, clues there in the sound of our mystery bird, a preview of our contest. Our prize this morning, the Droll Yankees Ruby Sipper Hanging Hummingbird Feeder. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app. People love this. It's great. It's the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Preview there of our mystery bird contest uh, coming along here in just um, a little bit. Extra, extra, read all about it. Some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Yes, our man Mike O'Connor has had screech owls in his backyard nest box this spring. But is that somehow an excuse for not doing the dishes? Get Mike's entire newspaper article about all of this on our page uh, right now. Love gray catbirds. We have a sweet photo of one direct from the beautiful Rachel Carson National Wildlife uh, Refuge on our page. And thanks to our friend Bill Kirkpatrick who watches over the Johannes Farm Wildlife Preserve in Barrington, Rhode Island for sharing his on-site photos of an osprey, 
a tree sparrow right close up, and the nest of a bald eagle. Thank you, Bill. That's some of what's appearing right now on our Facebook page. And be sure to check out our Instagram page as well for some more beautiful visuals. Now we'd like to advance, announce, that is, the winner of this week's second annual Talking Birds Make Your Own Swag Contest. And the winner is Donna Frankie from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Donna sent us a cool photo in which she's birding in what she describes as one of Calgary's many incredible birding locations with a Talking Birds patch right there on her birding pouch. She's by the Elbow River in the Weaselhead Flats natural area where all three of their hummingbird species can be found as they nest there, ruby-throated, rufous, and calliope. It is, says Donna, a Calgary treasure. And you can see Donna's winning photo on our Talking Birds Facebook and Instagram pages uh, very soon if they're not already there. We'll be sending Donna her choice of the Peterson Field Guide to the Bird Sounds of Eastern North America or the Peterson Field Guide to the Bird Sounds of Western North America. Meanwhile, Talking Birds listeners, if you've requested a patch but missed the entry deadline of June 15th, not to worry. We've extended the deadline by one week to June 23rd at midnight. That'll be the final deadline for entries June 23rd at midnight. Everyone who sends us a photo of him or herself or a friend with a Talking Birds patch attached to a hat or jacket, backpack, pouch, scope cover, etc., by that deadline is also eligible for the grand prize drawing of a pair of Terra ED 8x42 binoculars from one of the finest optics makers in the world, Zeiss. We'll announce one more weekly winner on next week's show. Next week's prize, by the way, will be a big, beautiful book, The Wall of Birds, One Planet, 243 Families, 375 Million Years. One of the most gorgeous and fascinating bird books ever created, featuring the Jane Kim paintings that appear on the famous Wall of Birds at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. So if you have a patch, get that photo taken. Get it to us by June 23rd at midnight. The address for sending the photo is ray at talkingbirds.com. Here's our conservation salute of the week. It goes to our neighbor to the north, Canada where Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced plans this week for the country to ban single-use plastics like straws and bags and knives and forks and spoons by early 2021 to reduce non-recyclable waste and to help in the fight to save the world's oceans. Canada may also require manufacturers to use a set amount of recycled content, while federal and provincial authorities will work together so that companies rather than just municipalities, take some responsibility for the recycling process. Canada's move follows one by the European Parliament, which voted earlier this year to ban several single-use plastic products. So a Talking Birds conservation salute to the government there in Ottawa on behalf of the nation of Canada. By the way, Canada has also just become the latest country to pass legislation that bans keeping whales, dolphins, and porpoises in captivity. The bill will effectively phase out captivity by banning captive breeding, imports, and exports of all whales, dolphins, and porpoises in Canada. 
with exceptions for situations involving the rescue of injured animals. Violators could face fines of up to $200,000. Oh, and one more congratulatory note for Canada to that sort of bird-nicknamed basketball team from there, or at least bird-ancestor-nicknamed team, the Toronto Raptors, whose nickname apparently was inspired, by the way, by the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. They're kind of birds, right? In case you missed it, on Thursday night, the Raptors became the first non-U.S. team ever to win an NBA championship. They finished off the Golden State Warriors in six games. Way to go, Raptors. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. We would like to thank some very special friends. They are Talking Birds listeners who have become Talking Birds ambassadors, thereby allowing us to send uh, them some of our little info cards so that they can hand them out to their friends, neighbors, fellow birders and nature lovers. And thank you this week to Betsy Molinari from Spring, Texas. Betsy also requested one of our Talking Birds patches for our Make Your Own Swag contest. Thanks, Betsy, and good luck in the contest. Thank you to Jim Bertolette from Bloomington, Illinois. He says, I'm taking a birding class from the local community college, and each week we go to a different hot spot in the county. Our teacher is Dave Weth, quite a knowledgeable birder. I am nearing 100 species for the month. This is the first time I've ever kept track. Thanks for your podcast. He says, we got started with Talking Birds when my wife's brother was on your show as a guest, Scott Bauman from Wisconsin. Now when we go to the family gatherings, we can actually talk about birds. That's pretty cool. We'll talk about the small world thing. Um, not only Scott, our good friend who does those amazing Big Bee events there, uh, big green birding. Uh, Dave Weth is also a friend of the show and a Talking Birds ambassador, as is Scott. Dave was a winner, I, I believe, in our Make Your Own Swag contest uh, last year. And thank you to Laura Jimenez from Carpinteria, California. She says, I recently discovered your podcast, really enjoying them. I appreciate the bird education as well as the environmental concerns that are shared. I've been recommending the show to birding friends, so I thought it was time I became an official ambassador. Thank you so much, Laura. And thank you to Amanda Scheuer from Wanakee, Wisconsin. She says, I've been birding ever since I was little. I'm now 20 and in college, in case you're wondering. I'm a member of the National Audubon Society, Cornell Lab of Ornithology, and the Madison Audubon Society. That is so cool. Thank you so much, Amanda. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll enjoy or consider joining Amanda and Laura and Jim and Betsy in the Talking Birds Ambassadors family. To do it, just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. That's the Become an Ambassador option via the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. Uh, no G in talking. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment as he answers the question that his customers keep asking him lately and incessantly, where are all the birds? And up next, the silky, shiny, jauntily crested Bombacilla cedrorum is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, 
Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Today's featured feathered friend is one of the most frugivorous birds in North America. That's not as bad as it sounds. It just means it eats a lot of fruit. The bird is the cedar waxwing, a medium-sized, mostly grayish-brown perching bird with a distinctive swept-back crest on the top of its head, a black mask edged in white, a yellow-tipped tail, white under its tail, a yellow belly, and a black chin patch. It gets part of its name from the cedar seeds that are also part of its diet. But why waxwing? Well, it's because of the waxy red tips on many individuals' secondary flight feathers, visible when the bird is perched. Nobody seems to know for certain what the function of those red appendages is, but they are thought to be involved in mate selection, and both males and females can have them. The cedar waxwing is a beautiful bird to look at, but its singing leaves something to be desired. In fact, it doesn't really have a song at all. Its vocalizations are variations of a high-pitched trilling call, like this. This bird's nomadic habits and late breeding season are associated with the availability of fruit in late summer, and there's at least one downside to that frugivorous diet. Cedar waxwings sometimes get drunk from eating fermented fruit, leading to circumstances that sometimes can prove fatal. The Cedar Waxwing, Bombacilla seed rorum, today's Talkin' Birds featured feathered friend. Thanks for being with us. Welcome again to our show number 732. We always give the little reminder and the request to check out our website, TalkinBirds.com, and to follow us on Facebook uh, and Twitter and uh, Instagram at Talkin' Birds. So up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year, illegally. Poaching is just one of the risks animals face at our hands. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor. I grew up in the beautiful rural countryside of Ohio, where animals roamed freely in the open forests. I have a deep concern to help preserve those open spaces for our wildlife friends so they can live and thrive like they used to. Destruction of their habitats threaten their very existence. The best way to protect wildlife is to protect the land where they live. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust works with private landowners to protect wildlife, to preserve natural habitats, and establish permanent sanctuaries. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE. Or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. It's our mystery bird contest. We've done this a few times before, and we've gonna, we're going to do it again here. And the way it works is this. We give you some clues. We describe the bird, and we invite you to call in and tell us what it is or take a guess. You don't have to get the right answer necessarily, as long as somebody else you know, doesn't get it first because we'll have a drawing if we uh, don't get a, an exactly correct answer and uh, award our prizes um, that way. We urge you to call as soon as possible so we'll have time to actually do the contest. 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. And you're eligible as long as you haven't been a winner here in the past six months. 
There's the sound of our mystery bird. A robin-sized bird with a light brown body, a black and white barred back and wings, an orange-yellow coloring on the back or nape of the neck. The male has a red crown here in the States. Our friend is found mostly in Texas and parts of Oklahoma and is closely related to a red-bellied bird that inhabits just about the eastern half or just about the entire eastern half of the U.S., some clues there in the sound of our mystery bird. We have a beautiful droll Yankees ruby sipper hanging hummingbird feeder and a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app as prizes on our mystery bird contest this morning. So tell us what it is or take your guess either way at this number, 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, to Cape Cod we go and check in with Mike O'Connor, the Bird Watchers General Store. It's Let's Ask Mike Live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Jesse Barasta and I'm calling from Niagara, Ontario. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because it's really important to continue helping birds survive in the current conditions and for people to know how do we can support our friends. I believe that you should become a Talking Birds ambassador because it allows you to do something in your own community. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. And thanks. Michael Connor is down there at the Bird Watchers General Store. Let's say hello to him right now. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to you, Mike. Well, let me see if I have this straight. Every year at this time, you sell your customers crummy bird seed that doesn't attract <laughs> any birds. Is that is that uh, the deal? Oh, so it was seeming. I promised this year. I said to myself, you know, I'm not going to do a radio show on this. It seems like I'm whining every year. I do the same topic, <laughs> but it, no, apparently, you know, you have nobody listened last year or something yeah. because. People complain June is the time where, at least in our area, but breed, we'll just say the breeding season in this area is June, where that's why the ba- you know birds breed in the spring is when all the in- insects hatch. In order to fledge the babies quicker, they stuff them with protein-filled insects. So at that time period, which just coincides with June around here, the birds ignore our feeders and they they go out and pick up those little green worms and insects and feed their babies with them. In my yard, I had three chickadee nests, so that's at least six chickadee total parents, and I didn't see a chickadee all month because they're out grabbing insects. But for some reason, I can't seem to get that message through. So people are coming in complaining that there's something wrong with them. People bring back bird seed. I'm, like, shocked at that. I, I said, what's the matter with you? It's like, you know... You know, having a party and returning uh, the Rice Krispie treats because everybody was eating the Twinkies. No, it's just they birds have made a different choice that day. There's nothing wrong with any of the products, especially Rice Krispie treats. But it's just the way it is. And then, to make things really good, 
in another few weeks or maybe even another few days, things will switch around and now the percentage of birds coming to the feeders will quadruple because every all these birds have had babies, maybe three or four for each pair, and there'll be more birds than ever. And huh. then people will say, what am I going to do with all these birds that are going on? Yeah. So, so right, just the times when there's on birds at feeders, it's either breeding season, it could be hawks, it could be a matter of whatever. Just keep your feeders clean and the food fresh, and they'll be back, I promise you, and, uh, or we'll all eat Twinkies. All right, Mike O'Connor there at the Birdwatchers General Store, where every seed is personally inspected for <laughs> attraction and high nutrition. Thank high you, nutrition. Mike. See you next week. All right. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Back here to the mystery bird um, contest. That's the sound of our mystery bird. A robin-sized bird with a light brown body, a black and white barred back and wings, an orange-yellow coloring on the back or nape of the neck. The male has a red crown. Here in the States, our bird is found mostly in Texas and parts of Oklahoma and is closely related to a red-bellied bird that inhabits just about the entire eastern half of the U.S. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Tell us what it is or take your guest. I think we have, is it Carmel in West Roxbury, Massachusetts? Good morning, Carmel. Hello. Good, mor- good morning, yes. Carmel. Were you good born morning. in? Were you born in Carmel? Is that how you got that name? Or uh, no? Well, oh. actually, there's a Carmel, California. There's Carmel, oh. New York. Carmel, oh. Indiana. But no, I was not <laughs> named after any of those. I was named after Our Lady of Mount Carmel, oh. and there's a mountain in Israel. Wow! Uh, well, called that, Mount Carmel. That is lovely. So, uh, all right. So, our mystery bird, uh, Carmel. What do you think? I'm a little stumped because earlier yeah. in the program I thought I gave you a description of a marsh wren, but now your most recent description mm. describes something else, so oh. I'm not sure okay. if I have the right bird. Well, sorry if we confused you there, but um, what do you oh. think it is? I was, well, initially the initial description of the brown bird with the black and white stripes on top I thought yeah. it was a marsh wren. Mm-hmm. So that's your guess then, is it? I guess I'll have to stick with that because I, I don't know the other one. Oh, okay. Tim did that. He pressed that buzzer thing. Uh, I'll uh, try again next time. I hope you will. Thank you, Carmel. Okay, thank you. All right. So okay. it's not Bye-bye. a marsh wren, but what is it? 781-837-4900 is the number we have. Uh, May, I believe that is, in Newton, Massachusetts. Good morning, May. All right. So much for May in Newton. That was Max. Oh, Max. Max oh, sorry about yeah, that. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, all right. Well, Max, we don't uh, know what Max's guest was there, but we'll move on to Cindy who is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ray. How are you? Doing, uh, doing well. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. How are things in, uh, in the great city of Pittsburgh? Oh, just great. Well, that's why they call it the great city of Pittsburgh, I guess, right? That's right. <laughs> what about our mystery bird, uh, Cindy? You heard the clues and in 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 one guess there. My guess was maybe the golden-fronted woodpecker. Maybe the golden-fronted woodpecker. Yes, apparently that is correct. Nice job. The golden-fronted oh, thank you. woodpecker. Yeah, kind of the western or Texas and Oklahoma equivalent of the red-bellied woodpecker, which is uh, another one that doesn't really have a red belly, and the golden front doesn't exactly have a golden belly. But uh, more on that later. Uh, I don't think we have time for a bonus question, uh, Tim. 
Uh, do we? Okay, really quickly, because it, it, it concerns this bird. Ready? In okay. summer in Texas, the faces of some golden-fronted woodpeckers look purple. Uh, why is that? A, it's a feather molt into breeding plumage. B, it's from eating the fruit of the prickly pear cactus. Or C, it's from drinking um, grape Kool-Aid. Is that still around, <laughs> Kool-Aid? What do you think? Um, well, I know that there are prickly pears down in Texas, so I'll guess yeah. that. You're going with the prickly pears as uh, your guest. But I didn't realize that they're purple, but yeah. I didn't either until I read this uh, just uh, just recently. Yeah, but apparently they are. So uh, congratulations on both of those uh, there, Cindy, and stay on the line, and we will arrange to send you things. Thank you so much, Ray. <laughs> and I just want to give a shout-out to my favorite Talking Birds ambassadors, Wendy and Kevin from Kansas, who got all, me into birding. All right, Wendy and Kevin. Thank you, Cindy. We're Thanks, out of Ray. time for our show this morning. Uh, next week, we have a fantastic guest. Dr. Bruce Beeler will join us to talk about his amazing journey following Hudsonian Godwitz and his new book, Encounters with Nature, Hiking, Biking, and Birding Through the Seasons. We'll see you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee, birdsandbeans.com, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. Ocean State Bird Club loves talking birds. Every month we invite you to see the latest avian activity around Rhode Island on one of our free walks. Check out our schedule on our website, OceanStateBirdClub.org, and follow us on Facebook for the latest and greatest in birding that Rhode Island has to offer. Ocean State Bird Club.